So uh, just because you're a Marvel star doesn't mean that Disney's going to give you anything because they are definitely probably penny-pinching. Um, Brie Larson was on the Ellen show, and Ellen asked her if she's if she got a bunch of money from being on all these uh, really crazy Marvel movies, and she said she doesn't even get a Disney Plus account, which she later uh, Brie Larson later tweeted that her one of her first movies she's ever been in um, this movie called Right on Track, which is two sisters uh, that are drag racers. Um, that's actually on the service. So her one of her first movies and one of her latest movies are both on there. They still haven't given her a free account. Which, like, you're Disney Plus. Your last movie brought in like a billion dollars. Yeah, but you know, I'm not I'm not upset with it. I think it's fine. Yeah. But no, I mean I don't I don't think she she can afford a Disney Plus account. Seven dollars a month. Sure. Well well we could say that. I I don't know. I'm 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 fine with it, but wait, you said it was a drag racing movie? Yeah, so it's she and her sister, or her sister in the movie, uh, they're like, they're teenagers, they're supposed to be drag racers. I feel like I've seen this movie. Oh, probably. I I feel like I've definitely seen this on the Disney Channel. I did not know (laughs) that was Brie Larson. Yeah. Well, she's all grown up. She really is. Uh, She didn't... (laughs) She could, she, you know, maybe she needs to make uh, another one. Right on track two. And then Disney's like, all right, you've earned yourself a free account. That's probably fair. Is it fair? I mean, probably. Did other people get free accounts? That's what I'm wondering. Like, I wonder if you have to be like uh, Robert Downey Jr. level of star to get a free account. And all of his underlings, they have to just pay like the rest of us peasants. Oh my gosh. Well, at least we all can relate yes. to Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> all right everyone welcome to the summon up podcast this is where we talk about movies shows games and whatever the heck we want you can find us on spotify apple Podcasts, anchor and youtube i'm joined by my good friend john and i'm christopher and we are your co-hosts for the day john how are you doing chris i'm doing pretty good you know it's, it's thanksgiving this week gonna right. get real fat eat so much food are you are you gonna have a turkey dinner here or with the in-laws uh, with the in-laws nice yes yeah, so much food i'm having it at work but Ooh. we're getting turkey and stuffing and all that good stuff nice so not the end of the world yeah but yeah uh so we got a few stories uh here you know, kind of a short show but we'll have fun with it but uh we're gonna talk about what our thoughts with the disney plus app so far is yes and so far for me i'm enjoying the app uh, there's a lot of things to dislike. There's a lot of things to like, in my opinion, and the good outweighs the bad. Uh, first, five ninety nine to, to start. Six ninety nine. Six ninety nine. Six ninety nine. The original, isn't that the original Netflix price was seven dollars a month? Yeah, or definitely somewhere close to that. Yeah, that I still think it's a deal. So I'm happy with the price point. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of nostalgic movies, which is great. A lot of family-friendly content, which I think isn't a bad thing. Uh, But there are movies there that both kids and adults can watch and have a good time. So I'm happy about that. Even though I don't have any kids, it's like a service where I can watch a movie and my spirits are going to get lifted. Uh, I watched uh, Remember the Titans the other day and I was like, oh my goodness, the nostalgia. And I I really enjoyed watching it again. It It was nice. It was a good change of pace from like 
maybe on a streaming service watching Taken and like people, you know, being taken as like sex trafficking. It's a completely different change of pace. So <laughs> I like that Disney is kind of taking up this part of the market. The other thing is that Star Wars content is all in one spot. Makes me happy. Uh, I've been watching the Clone Wars, been enjoying it so far, and I know, and I like that I could dabble in different things. Maybe I'm getting bored with that at one point. I could just be like, oh, let me go watch uh, A New Hope, which is what happened when The Mandalorian came out. Mm-hmm. The, in the beginning, they had the first episodes like, you want to em- watch Empire Strikes Back? I was like, no, I want to watch A New Hope. I want to go back. I want to go back one more. And so I do enjoy that. It's all in one spot, especially MCU stuff. That's mm-hmm. great, too. So you don't have to buy the $500 box set from Best Buy. It's a steal. Yeah. Which, how many years would it take for that to for that to pay off if you were doing Disney Plus? Was it seven? I'm doing the math in my head. So roughly, it would take you more than five years of Disney Plus to pay for that box set. Oh, my gosh. So you might as well just have Disney Plus. Basically. Yeah. And then what I also like with it is that I live in a rural part of the country. Uh, John here lives close to Chattanooga. I live in civilization. You live in civilization. I live live in the mountains. Yeah. And I mean rural. So the fact that my internet is holding up with the streaming service, I've had a couple of hiccups. But compared to streaming services I've used in the past that like cut out completely and I have to either relaunch the app or wait five minutes for the stream to come back up. Hmm. This service does pretty good. So I can tell that it's an internet problem rather than the service. Mm-hmm. So which makes me feel good. Uh, and those are the likes I have so far. So what do you like so far about it? Well, so normally I'm not the one to play the the negative side of things in our discussions, but uh as far as reviewing disney plus as a almost 29 year old man uh (laughs) which i i get that i am not the core of the market that they've been reaching out to in this yeah they're looking for 27 year old males so which would be me just missed the mark i know so i mean i'm i'm content with it so far okay but um let's start with the pros so first of all the quality of the original content has been great. Uh, Mandalorian's great. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, uh, the world according to Jeff Goldblum. Um, so the original content, I think, has uh, definitely Disney-level standards of being good, which I'm really happy with. Um, I, I'm super excited about all the upcoming MCU TV shows and their connections to the MCU and seeing how everything's going to interrelate. Um and just that the whole universe is basically expanding. I, I'm really excited to see that. Um, yeah. And the the fact that all of the MCU content and Star Wars content is all under one roof, that's easily accessible, and I can switch in between anything I want. Um, those I mean, those are the two big selling points for me personally: Star Wars and, and Marvel content. Um, so I know my wife is glad that I don't have to try and uh, keep collecting all of the MCU movies anymore. They're all online. Uh, so yeah, it's like you. It's like you might have to invest in an actual bookshelf now, <sighs> instead of a bookshelf for your for your DVDs. Oh my gosh! Which I'm still a fan of having collections of stuff. For me, yeah. games. I don't like anything. There's a few games I have digital, mm-hmm. but I'm a, 
a majority of my nostalgia is all on cartridges, and I want to get give them away or CDs. Yeah. Which I mean, there's a there's a different feeling when you have something that's tangible. Oh yeah, not something just uh, um, uh, I don't know, like just online. Yeah. Um, but uh, so some cons um, for me personally, and again, I know I'm not the target audience in a lot of ways. I'm not a child. I don't have kids. Uh, but I feel like there's a lot of filler on this service, whether it be all of the um, the really uh, old and r- kind of unknown Disney movies um, that really weren't a part of my childhood. It's basically just anything that Disney has under their umbrella that they want to put out now just to kind of fill out the service to make it seem like or boost their hours of content. Um, so it doesn't seem like there's as many options as there really should be. Mm-hmm. Um uh do you uh, consider my question is do you consider this is just for me personally do you consider flubber to be filler no that is quality content right there okay don't you dare talk down about flubber whoa i'm not talking down it's just (laughs) i was looking at it and i was like for the robin williams nostalgia i might watch it later this week yeah and that's the thing like i i don't think i want to go back and rewatch all of these old shows and movies that have been part of my childhood so for me i would much rather be a part of a service that provides good quality original content or things tied in with existing ip um Mm -hmm. uh speaking about all that so that when when disney plus was being pitched they were hyping up all of those upcoming MCU shows, all of the upcoming Star Wars, Star Wars shows, all of this upcoming content, and I—it's probably on me. I don't think I really did the math when that before it launched because there's almost a year between the launch of the service and the first MCU show coming out. Which, granted, they just started filming it early this year, so I understand the production mm-hmm. takes a while. Um, but after the Mandalorian ends at the end of this year, like there is not going to be hardly anything original until the fall of 2020. So potentially like nine months before we get a substantial amount of good original content, um, as far as MCU goes. And there's even longer waits on the Star Wars content. Uh, I haven't seen a list recently about when some of like the, uh, the younger Disney kind of shows are coming out, but I don't know. Um, uh, and I feel like the service is still more glitchy than it should be. Uh, I was re-watching the latest episode of The Mandalorian today and prep for our review. And just scrolling back, because I, f- I missed a line that was said. And so even just scrolling back 10 seconds, the video was frozen while the audio kept playing. And then eventually the video snapped back into place. Now, did it, did it do that on... What kind of device did uh, that happen on? Granted, I was watching it on my phone oh okay but which that has happened to me on my i watch it on my playstation yeah but i've watched some of the content on my computer and it doesn't have that issue but the fact that it's still happening you know it happened on your phone Mm -hmm. it happened on my playstation you know and those are going to be the optimal no one's going to put on their computer and watch it most people would rather watch it on an ipad or an iphone yeah yeah, the idea should be that it should be very supported on these mobile devices yeah. where it's more accessible to people. Um, so overall, I think there's a lot of potential with the service. I think there was a lot of hype that was promised initially that we really aren't going to see the payoff for until almost a year from the, the launch of the service. Um, but uh, I, even then, there's going to be a long break in between all of these upcoming shows that I'm looking forward to. 
um, there's not not as much of the like the immediacy as say Netflix and their original content where where they or Hulu or HBO seem to have something coming out new once a month or so where there's not as much downtime between um, draws into the service. Yeah, I can see I can see where where you're coming from. Like all of your points are totally valid. Like I I just like some of the things about the service too. Like for me, the UI mm-hmm. is awful. Yeah, it looks nice, but the problem is is that searching for a movie is annoying, and then also like. The other content looking for certain stuff like documentaries there's not a lot of documentaries on there for a whole category that you have yeah yeah i agree like there's not the content the content is mostly for kids and if Mm -hmm. you're looking for other content in there it does it's very scarce it's like doesn't there's not a second page or anything that's just like maybe 10 things so that's kind of disappointing i i agree with you on you know nostalgia isn't enough to build it up you know that makes for your argument totally makes sense i'm okay with it yeah but i do notice that it is a flaw for if you're trying to be diverse as they want it to be and then the I'll also hate this is a small gripe but i hate that it has movies on the screen that you can click on but they're not available that annoys me see and that's the thing like it, it seems like they want people to keep thinking about what's coming out not once currently there necessarily. Yeah, like I have the, the dates like burned into my brain, I guess. That like, oh, we'll get Black Panther in like March 31st or whatever of next year. And then like uh, Star Wars will come out. Uh, the Last Jedi won't be available until like May or something I, or April. Yeah. I don't remember what month it was. Maybe it's further down the line. But I can't. I wanted to watch The Last Jedi over the weekend because, you know, I'm someone who doesn't like it as much as others. I don't hate it. But it's not. It's the my least favorite Star Wars so far. Yeah. And I thought, you know, let me rewatch it, you know, because we're getting close to Rise of Skywalker, and I can't. Which, you know, it's mm-hmm. so weird that they have contractual obligations that are stopping from watching it, and that it's up there. And then I clicked on Black Panther. Same thing happened. I was like, okay, I guess I'm just not going to watch any movies <laughs> that are MCU or uh, Star Wars today. Yeah, and and while we're on the, on the, that subject, so the Spider-Man, Sony Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland, more than likely will never be on Disney Plus because yeah. of the way Sony uh, has the rights and the uh, has worked out the contract with which with sucks. Yeah, I mean that's a core part of the MCU that's not going to be centralized with everything else, at, at least unless Disney buys out Sony or completely buys the rights back to Spider-Man. Yeah, unless unless they can work on a deal, but Sony's trying to put out its own thing in the future. Yeah, so that's probably unlikely. But and then the other thing that I'm also disappointed with, and this is also very nitpicky, but me personally kind of disappointed is that they don't have enough content about Disney itself, mm-hmm. the company, the the parks. They've done so many documentaries on the parks and the history, the 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 development of certain rides you know changing i like that a lot but all they have on disney plus that i could find was the imagineering series which is like a three-part is a it's a mini series like three-part um uh of content yeah and i just i was kind of bummed out like this is your this is a time to gloat for disney plus let me learn about uh how you changed the star tours ride like several times over let me learn about 
the f- Disneyland and how it took shape, which I do go over in Imagineering, but not to the extent and stuff I can find on YouTube. Yeah, it's disappointing, honestly. So I want that to be better, but I don't know how long it's going to take or if it's in their plan. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I guess any any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Um. You know, over, like I said, overall, I'm enjoying it so far. Mm-hmm. And all of my nitpicks are kind of me very personally wishing that something was better. But overall, I think the service isn't going to, is taking a big part of the market share because of kids. Yeah. And I like that competition. So I think it's a good thing. And I think the app can only improve from here. And uh, hopefully, Disney doesn't drop it like they did with Skylanders or whatever the heck that was. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've got a, a lot of my friends have kids, and so I see their reactions to it on Facebook, and, and it seems like it's it's exactly what, what they want, and it's, uh, so I think in that respect, when I think they've definitely cornered the market with uh, kids and their parents and having something for everybody uh, that the whole family can enjoy, so I, I think it, you know, like you said, it can only go up from here. I think yeah. they're only going to continue to expand. Exactly. I just don't, I just don't want Disney to do a Google and just drop a whole project. Yeah. So, so the next thing I want to talk about, um, obviously there have been a couple biopics about various musicians out, uh, whether it be Freddie Mercury or Elton John. Uh, so the next major one that's in the works or one of the next major ones, there's a few, uh, but the one that I'm interested in is, uh, the Michael Jackson biopic, uh, that's currently in production. Um, so it's, it's coming from the producer of Bohemian Rhapsody, which I mean was an incredible movie, um, so I'm I'm very excited that it's going to at least be made from the same creator uh, or one of the same creators as that. Um, now he's he's come out or they've come out to say that this is not going to be a sanitized rendering of his legacy. Because oh man! Obviously, it's he has a very polarizing history. Yes, he does. He um, he does. Yeah. So they, at least right now, they're saying they're not going to water it down. They're not going to cut things out. Uh, in certain ways um uh so the screenwriter uh who is obviously a separate person um that they've attached this movie which is pretty interesting to me has also worked on things like gladiator like sweeney todd like skyfall aviator yes things that make you feel really really bad for the protagonist (laughs) really great stuff well yeah so it it's uh it's a very they're all very empathetic stories that tell very deep and emotional uh narratives so I think that that at least has potential there. Um, uh, so HBO recently put out a documentary called Leaving Neverland uh, that the Michael Jackson estate uh, has called a tabloid character assass- assassination, uh, which they've been involved in a $100 million lawsuit because of that documentary. Which is why which is why this news surprises me. It's... it's uh... Like, they say it's not going to be sanitized and you're going to mm-hmm. talk about allegations. You're probably going to bring up, you know, this documentary, just referencing it, maybe, to be like, oh, a documentary came out. I, I just, as a biopic, like, maybe later on in it because of its legacy. I don't know if they're going to focus on certain times of his life, but, or if they're going to bring up some really messed up stuff in his biopic. Like, as, like, you know, you're going to get someone to portray Michael Jackson. Let's say you, like... You know, he looks at a kid very creepily or something like that. I, this kind of 
this this has me concerned because yeah. it, it feels like reactions from social media and reactions from the music industry, just reactions in general, uh, are going to be critical of this movie. And not and not yeah. in a way to be like, you didn't make it bad enough or blah, blah, blah. It's going to put a microscope on... It's going to put a larger microscope on Michael Jackson. And people are going to be fighting again. Like, let's talk about his music rather than what he did. You know, separate the the musician from the art mm-hmm. and people said it about r kelly too which r kelly's reputation just keeps on plummeting and plummeting and i i don't i don't think a movie biopic is and i don't think this is a good time to do it i mean i i think that if if it can be done correctly under the best of circumstances it's a great way to introduce or maybe reinvigorate a legend's music which i mean he had a major contribution in the music industry and that can never be denied um yeah i mean so the the complicated part of it is that uh obviously with all of the abuse that he suffered from his his dad as a child getting into the music industry as he set the standard for his, his whole family um i i mean that's going to already be a very touchy part of his life to to hit upon um and then moving into the the seven into the seventies and the eighties and the nineties and seeing his musical career progress, I mean obviously initially at least there was a very major uh, emphasis on his musical talent, which is I mean that should be the focus. And it's not even until but people are going to be like you bring up that point. Yeah. People are still going to be upset with that if you just take that angle. Yeah, that's that's the thing that is that's why I don't think this is a good idea because you are going to upset one part of the aisle on this and that's why i'm surprised they're gonna touch this maybe 20 years down the line yeah go for it but we're still healing not even healing we're we're still dealing with the ramifications of these documentaries that come out and not to say that there's anything wrong with them yeah i think they have i think they have a role to play and awareness i i i do believe that there's nothing wrong with that but to come out with a biopic what is your intentions here? That's what that's that's where my my question needs to be answered. Cuz if I see this movie and the intention is to be glorifying of Michael Jackson, you have a lot of people upset and I'm going to be like why'd you do it now? Yeah. On the other end, if you're going to be vilifying Michael Jackson even more, it's going to be a repeated cycle of like look at how negative we want to focus on like humans love uh Schadenfreude. Which mm-hmm. is taking the pleasure in other people's misfortune. It's just, you know, is that, do we need that right now? Yeah. You know, it's good to shed light, but to make a whole biopic, you could do another documentary if you wanted to in a different fashion. It's just, it's a, I, I just am kind of taken back that they want to do this. Well, then the other controversial or potentially controversial aspect of this is then you have to get into the idea of who would you even cast? Oh, gosh. Because, I mean... Uh, not to be like insensitive or anything, but obviously, at one point in his life, he, because of medical, uh, medical, or the medical aspect of his life, he had one color of his skin, and then as time went on, lost uh, the pigments, became more white. So then, do you recast an older actor that is of a different race, or do you find someone that can accommodate that medical aspect of it all? Uh, so, do you have any thoughts on? maybe potential casting or how they might go about that 
Well, the first name that came to my mind was Michael B. Jordan. Okay. But I would feel... I feel like whoever takes on this role, I just hope they don't get a lot of backlash, flack. I hope they're not harassed by social media because they're doing this project or they choose to do it. Mm-hmm. I really I really hope that's not the case. And I think that's going to happen. You know, it's what I hope wouldn't, but ultimately with how how things have been with outrage culture and stuff, I think it's going to happen. It makes me sad. I hope I'm proven wrong. Yeah. I really do. I, I'm hoping for the best. Uh, but that's the, you know, Michael B. Jordan is a great actor. I think he could do it. Um, you know, Jamie Foxx might be able to do like an older version of him because Jamie Foxx is very talented musicianly. And mm-hmm. as an actor, he's fantastic. Uh, besides that, I can't think of anyone, you know, maybe there are other people who are escaping my mind. Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't. Maybe Chris, maybe Chris Tucker. I mean, but I, I just don't, I don't like, I, it just, I just don't like it. I, 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 there's no way for me to go around it anymore. It's just, I do not like what I'm seeing here. Yeah. And do you think there's someone who could play him? Um, I, oh, oh, what is his name? Um, he was on SNL, uh, uh, Jay Farrow. Yeah, Jay Farrow. I think Jay Farrow could probably pull it off. I mean, you need someone who has like a, a lighter frame, like he does, who's younger. Um, uh, I think I think Michael B. Jordan is just too stocky. too stocky. Yeah, yeah, he'd have to do. Yeah, I I think Jay Farrow or Chris Tucker, if he's gonna play an older version of him, yeah, he's got that kind of lankiness. Or um, even oh, Donald Glover. Yeah, yeah, potentially. Potentially, I. Yeah, I like Jay Farrow. Jay Farrow would be great, but I don't know if he'd want to touch that. He is a comedian, so it's always about pushing that edge a little bit more. Uh, but I think this needs to be handled very delicately. I would. I'm definitely curious to see more plot details unfold and and kind of their angle about attacking this and how it's going to play out. Because yeah. I think it has the potential to be a really well done movie. But I mean, like you said somebody is going to end up getting offended on one side or the other yeah and jesus is there away from this but on the same topic a little bit is there a biopic that you would want to see if someone another musician yeah so i was thinking about this a little bit and i think at least a couple big contenders for me would be prince i think would be an excellent i uh, think prince would be awesome yeah. yeah i i prince i agree with that one um uh kurt cobain i think if you want to go darker a little bit he's got an incredible story that i think a lot of people still relate to um and it it is a bit of a darker take on on this genre that i think is kind of emerging here i don't know if we're ready for that (laughs) maybe another couple years and if we are going to do it todd phillips needs to do it so that it's done tastefully yes Um, but then my last one that I was, uh, kind of imagining, um, was a, and and just go with me on this, a Weird Al Yankovic biopic, um, that's kind of in his same vein of parody, a parody of the, on this whole genre, um, Hmm. which, I mean, he has gone through a lot of trauma himself, um, in, in kind of researching the story, I came across an article about how he was preparing to start uh a, a like a countrywide tour about his latest album i think this was in in the 90s and as he's about to uh 
I, like the day or two before he goes out on stage for the first show of this tour, he gets a call that both of his parents died from carbon oh monoxide. Uh, yeah, carbon monoxide poisoning in their own home. Oh. And rather than cancel the show, rather than cancel the tour, he said he needed to be up there on stage. And if, if he wasn't, he would just spiral into a deeper depression. And at least being out there could bring joy to people's lives, could maybe be a distraction um, to where he could process the grief in his own time. Hmm. Um, so I, there's a lot of depth, and it wouldn't just be a silly story. Um, like I know a lot of his, like on, on the surface level, a lot of his music can be. Um, but I think he has a really interesting story to tell that can maybe put a new spin on where I think this genre is eventually leading to. Yeah, I mean, they do say that, like, uh, you know, comedians find uh, levity and grief mm-hmm. and it's a great coping mechanism. So, and uh, seeing interviews Weird Al has done, he seems just like a very wholesome guy who is grounded, but also realizes that, you know, people are going to have their opinions. Yeah. You know, and for the most part, you know, you just need to have to get those people to laugh. And I really enjoy that about him. Um, I don't think I would like to see a Weird Al biopic. I would rather instead see a feature-long documentary on him. Okay. And I'm sure there are some out there, but I I would like to see him lead the charge on it, you know, or a company that does it and he's very involved with it. I think that'd be better for Weird Al mm-hmm. uh, because I do think that people still say, it's like, oh, the parody guy, blah, blah, blah. But that's all they know. I'd like to get more into depth. Like you said with the story about his parents both dying, you know, I think a documentary would be better for that than a biopic. Plus... Weird Al isn't dead, so. Well, neither is Elton John. True. I it just it feels weird when they're alive. I would personally myself, I'd love to see a biopic on the lead singer for the second lead singer for ACDC. Technically, okay. Bon Scott. If you're talking about the first popular lead singer, it would be Bon Scott. There was one before him, but he got too drunk, and then Bon Scott was a roadie, who ended up knowing all the lyrics of the songs like he's better than the first guy so they went with him and then they became super popular hmm. and then he died he overdosed so uh i would love to see someone like him uh someone like him get a biopic and i really like your choice of prince that one would be very cool i think david bowie would be another good one or yeah which actually now that you bring that up uh there actually is a david bowie bowie movie in the works um it and also a bg's one uh on a, as a side <laughs> note uh the david bowie movie is under a different uh development team different producers but and, and it that one actually has a studio that's attached the michael jackson biopic does not so that mm. one is actually farther along in development than the michael jackson biopic yeah and these biopics need to be very tasteful in the way they handle things i think bohemian rhapsody was a great way to get it more mainstream and started i know there's been other biopics before but this one's more more digestible for everyone yeah they did take liberties with certain things which i don't think is fair but they're trying to make an entertaining story yeah it's hollywood you end up having to do that just to make it a slightly more exaggerated version of the story but it's freddie it's freddie freaking mercury (laughs) why would you exaggerate more than him like him and him in in real life is enough he's what he's he's a showman in women's pants like you can't get more eccentric he is that and that should be entertaining enough but you know hollywood you know wanted to be a little bit 
more crazy than it has to be. So yeah, I, I get it. But anyways, you have any more thoughts on this? No, I'm good. I am actually curious to see what you have to say about our uh, third story here. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it happened. I saw Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> I finally did. Chattanooga came through to show it. Out of the multiple theaters it had, out of the six theaters in the area, only one was showing it. And I went, and I saw it at the AMC 18, and it was great. Jojo Rabbit, I wish I wish Disney had just the cojones to put this out. And like just give it give it the full release now. This was wholesome. It had some dark undertones. The acting was brilliant and the ending was was great. There was I I teared up at a scene at scenes. I laughed out loud at scenes. There's and I felt for the characters. I was very intrigued for their well-being or what's going on. And the the way they make fun of the Nazis is tasteful. Yes, it's satirical. And they have a Hitler in it. And it's not it's not what you think. And to and to just give it in context, you know, it's not saying that what they did was right. At a, at no point is it glorifying what they do. It tells it in a whimsical way that it's beyond a doubt. It's terrible. <laughs> and it, like we said, like I said earlier, that comedians find levity in grief. And mm-hmm. no way is they trying to bring levity to the fact that people are dying. Uh, that people, that Jewish people are terrible monsters. They They bring levity to that. But it's so ridiculous that you can't think... That you can't have sympathy for these people. Just so detached from reality that you can make the separation. Yeah, exactly. They're like, this is a whimsical interpretation of the Nazis in a way that is ridiculous. And I'm going to laugh at it. Why not that be the legacy? Yeah. Yes, there is a legacy for how dark and terrible it is. And we should always remember that. It's part of it's part of not uh, a European history, but human history Mm -hmm. and hopefully it never repeats itself again uh but this takes it into a light where i think people can digest it and make fun of nazis and that's a win (laughs) Uh, that has to be a win but overall the story was compelling the acting was very good uh scarlett johansson did a great job i think the kid jojo was amazing he he was the shining spot of this movie by far and the supporting cast that they had was also fantastic with rebel wilson <laughs> her character was hilarious they um alfie from uh, game of thrones was in it yeah. his character did not say a lot but the his body language was very awkward and funny uh, they did a lot of things right and you know, I, I can't say enough good things about this movie. A- everyone should go see it. Definitely not for kids. Don't bring a kid to this movie. Yeah. But I just implore you to try it out because it pulls on your heart in many different directions. That's and awesome. That's how a movie should be. Absolutely. So speaking of movies, Chris, I want to ask you a question. What are you watching? So, over the weekend... I watched Remember the Titans, loved it, fantastic. It got me, got me so hyped 
for just football in general, which I haven't had a lot of time to watch because of work, but I love the theme in the movie. I love the music. I love Denzel Washington and his performance. Uh, and yeah, it, it's a it's a great uplifting movie, and I hope to watch another movie like it on the on the Disney Plus streaming service. Yeah, and then I'm also watching the Clone Wars. I've made it past season one, which I heard is not that great of a season, and I'm into season two, and I want to keep watching it. So so far, I think it's good. I now understand why people are like you need to watch it if you're a real Star Wars fan. It is great. And then over the weekend, I also finished Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And if anyone's thinking about picking up the game, or if you're a Star Wars fan and you haven't thought about it, get the game. I know it's $60. It might not seem like it's worth it. In the first few hours, the game is not grabbing you in. But when you're towards the middle of this game, you feel like you are in the Star Wars universe. It might be the best single-player game they've put out. Nice. Is it worth $60? I don't think so, just because of how short on content. But I loved the story, and it got me so hyped for Rise of Skywalker. So, I did a TV show, I did a movie, did a game. It was, it's been a great weekend. Nice. And uh, how about you, John? What are you watching? So, uh, speaking of Disney+, Plus, I started uh, watching The World According to Jeff Goldblum. What are your thoughts so far? Oh my gosh, he should have been narrating, narrating everything. You can tell that it's like semi-scripted, but his, I mean, it, it's him being him. Uh, he is just, I, I love I love his like take on things, the way that he approaches different things. Uh, he is just a, a goofy, interesting man that I want to hear more from. The first episode was about shoes and the history and kind of development of the popularity of sneakers today. Really? Which you would think wouldn't be that interesting, but is fascinating. Uh, the second episode is about ice cream and its history and kind of the role in nostalgia that it plays today. Uh, they're very just odd topics that he makes very digestible and interesting that you just want to keep listening to him talk about and uh, explore more. Uh, he has a custom pair of shoes made for him based on like his uh, moments in his past and his, his uh, family. Um, it's almost like he's taking items in his home and he's like, I want to do a documentary about that. Shoes. The ice cream in the fridge. That's basically all it is. But it's, it's so well done and uh, really crafted in a very interesting way um, so i'm excited to keep exploring that series and see where they go from there yeah I, i'm gonna have to check it out then but all right everyone thank you for joining us we are towards the end of the podcast please check out our mandalorian uh episode three review we'll be putting out this week and uh, we'll actually be able to review the episodes a little bit earlier uh when they come out so get excited for that so please check out that review, and uh, yeah, that's all we got for you this week. Everyone have a wonderful, happy Thanksgiving, and uh, stay safe out there all right. in, the, in the Black Friday shopping. Oh, please. Please stay <laughs> safe. I, and I personally like the Black Friday shopping going out there and stuff. I know you'd rather be at home on the computer. I want to be hiding from humanity. You know what, Schadenfreude, as much as I am a her hermit, sometimes it's nice to just watch the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> up close and personal yeah but anyways all right everyone have a wonderful week all right bye